Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Lawrence Holmes of the Lawrence Holmes Show. Hooray! Hooray! This hour is being brought to you by CarX Tire and Auto online at carx.com. The top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Ray, let's go. Yo, Holmes. Lawrence Holmes. Holmes runs it really well. Noon to two. Holmes doing what Holmes does. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yo, Holmes. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Previously on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Happy opening day, everybody. The Cubs obviously have a ton of questions. Their lineup is probably incomplete in their starting rotation. Could use some more depth. But as I've been saying over the last couple of days, they're in a division where two teams for sure aren't trying. So what does that do? And what does a good start do for the way this team is going to approach the trade deadline in August? The pitch. Line drive. Base hit in the left field. Seiya Suzuki getting a warm ovation and congratulations from the crowd here at Wrigley. His first base hit as a big league ball player. Line drive hit to deep left field. Yelich looks up and this one sails into the bleachers for a two-run home run. Three to one Cubs here in the fifth inning. Corner with the first Cubs home run of the season. Ground ball to second. Madrigal throws to first. Cubs win the ball game on opening day. Make me a bicycle, clown. It's a Friday afternoon. There is no Cubs game because it got rained and snowed out, but we party anyway. Base drop! Welcome in. My name is Lawrence Holmes, and I'm here with you until 2 o'clock. That's right, 2 o'clock. There was supposed to be a Cubs game today, but obviously you can look outside and see that it's probably not the best type of weather to play a baseball game in. Therefore, you and I get an opportunity to hang out, and we get the opportunity to talk about the Cubs win yesterday, which you heard here on the score. There's a lot of things that I want to talk about. When it comes to yesterday's win, but I also want to give you an opportunity to be involved in the conversation as well. If you would like to talk about the Cubs with me in opening day, you are more than welcome to. 312-644-6767 is the number. Cody Westerlin is going to join me at 1 
because I want to talk to him about the two really back to bad back to back losses that the Bulls suffered. A Milwaukee team that wasn't trying and a Celtics team that was. And it, it looked like the the Bulls weren't trying in that game. And it annoyed me. They've got a lot of things to try and fix and not a lot of time to do it if they would like to compete in the playoffs. There is that something that's really similar to the way that the White Sox approached 2021 that has me feeling a certain way about the Bulls in 2022. Cross sports analogies are not great. I understand this. Comma, but I will make, I will explain why they feel similar to me. Okay. But when we come back, I want to talk about yesterday's Cubs game. I want to talk about how good Kyle Hendricks was, how it was cool to see Dave Robertson out there closing out a game and the amplifier. I believe Dan calls it the emotional amplifier that is Wrigley Field. We will discuss that next here on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. are happy that you are hanging out with us that we are your choice on a Friday afternoon if you were like oh man isn't Cubs pregame supposed to start no the Cubs game is been rained out it's been postponed is going to be part of a doubleheader on May the 30th they're going to do a split doubleheader on May 30th where the first game is going to be I think 1205 and then the second game is going to be 640 so no game today they will get back at it tomorrow Make sure you watch, well, listen to every Cubs game here. The Cubs did play yesterday, and I want to spend some time talking about them. Ray and I have had some good success. This is something that started under Herbie, and then Brandon kind of added his own mix to it. And, and Ray, we usually recap the Bulls games. Now, our Bulls recaps, like they kind of are connected to the concept of the two-minute report, which is the report that comes out after the game is over for the officials, figure out if everything was done well in the last two minutes we think that it's not a terrible idea to recap each of the baseball games that's played just some short little snippets to catch everyone up in case they didn't watch it so here's our cubs recap of the win yesterday which you heard here on the score 
It's time for the Cubs Minute. Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. Fly the W! Wrigleyville fans are awesome. Great food. It's, you know, it's tough to beat. Cubbies. The Cubs Minute on the Lawrence Holmes Show. It's opening day as the Cubs host the Milwaukee Brewers. The pitch. Line drive. Base hit in the left field. Seiya Suzuki getting a warm ovation and congratulations from the crowd here at Wrigley. His first base hit as a big league ball player. Line drive, hit to deep left field. Yelich looks up and this one sails into the bleachers for a two-run home run. Three to one Cubs here in the fifth inning. Corner with the first Cubs home run of the season. Camp hits a drive into right center field. Back goes Kane. That ball is going to be off the wall. One run is in. Contreras around third. He scores. Two run double. Ian Happ. Cubs lead five to three. Ground ball to second. Madrigal throws to first. Cubs win the ball game on opening day. Highlights courtesy of the score. You heard Pat and Ron on the call. And you heard our buddy Zach Zaitman, who gets the fifth innings, as long with doing pre and post game. And he got the honor of calling Seiya Suzuki's first major league hit. That's pretty cool. It's cool to see that, to see people react to Seiya Suzuki at the ballpark yesterday. And Wrigley Field is a place where it can be emotional for everyone who's on the field because... On a day where you get a big crowd, the crowd was into it. Like the the people who went to Wrigley yesterday weren't just looking at it as all oh, you know this year is going to stink, and they were into it. And I felt like the the players were able to use some of that in yesterday's game. We will talk about Ian Happ and his day in just a second, but I want to talk about Kyle Hendricks. Hendricks five and a third yesterday, five hits, three walks, seven strikeouts. He had his changeup working. And then Kyle Hendricks can command his fastball. You know, put the fastball where he wants or tunnel it to make it look like it's coming out of the same place that the changeup is coming from. He's a super dangerous pitcher. This was Hendricks after the game talking about the importance of tunneling and fastball command. I set a good tone from the first inning, I thought, establishing my fastball, kind of like I've talked about. I was able to get my fastball down, down and away in those first couple innings. And off of that, my changeup played off of it through a lot of good curveballs at the right times. Um, So overall, pretty good at being aggressive, setting the tone. I'd still like to do a little better. A leadoff walk, 0-2 hit batter, you know, and another bad walk. Those three things, just got to clean that up. But overall... Made a lot of good pitches. It's definitely something I can build off. Kyle, your changeup is again more swings and misses than you've had in a few years mm-hmm. in the game. With it, you mentioned the fastball setting up. How much does that just play together to make that happen? Exactly. Uh, I talked about it in the past, and I just didn't have it last year. You know, my changeup was similar, but I wasn't establishing my fastball down in the zone. So today, I got up a little bit at times, but at least I was able in the beginning to really get that established down, down and away. And off that, yeah, you saw the swings on the changeup. That's how it's going to work. If I can't establish the fastball, those changeup won't play off it. Now, does the breaking balls have a little bit more bite right now, or is it mm-hmm. just off the fastball? No, it's definitely, I think it's coming in at more spin on the numbers and all that. It has a little more bite. It feels really good coming out of my hands. So I think 
I'm just trying to throw it more, throw it in more situations early in the count, behind in the count, late, just trying to be unpredictable with it. You know, I just kind of when I first started throwing it in the off season, I just felt better spinning the ball. I, I practiced like kind of with a spike grip, helps me spin it better, and it's just been a process, and it's just felt felt better and better as I've gone, and just this off season throwing it, it felt good from the start, and so been able to locate it both sides. It's something I, it's going to be big for me going forward. So some really good insight from Kyle Hendricks on what he needs to do to be an effective pitcher. And you heard him talking about keeping the ball down, and and it seems very simple. But we have gone through an era where pitchers are not afraid to go up in the strike zone to get people out. And usually those are the guys that have incredible velocity. They are able to challenge someone because they're throwing 96-97 up in the zone, and that's hard to catch up to, even for the best hitters in the game. What Kyle has to do, he he can't mess around at the top of the zone because he doesn't have the, the velocity to kind of back it up. I know that Lucas Giolito was able to use two different change-ups. What Stoney often refers to as like the parachute change-up that is up in the zone, but Giolito is a guy that can get to 95, 96 on the gun. Kyle Hendricks is not. So he has to keep the ball down and he has to make his changeup look like a fastball and vice versa, then try to keep people off balance with the curveball. He did an excellent job of it yesterday against the Brewers. It was really good pitching. It wasn't throwing, it was pitching. And fastball command, even 89 mile per hour fastballs, if you place them properly and you keep a hitter off balance, you're going to have uh, an easier time and an easier way to end up being being good. You're going to end up with opportunities to make people feel completely off guard. And he did it yesterday. And, and it was fun to watch. If he's that guy for a majority of the season, he doesn't have to be that every start, but if he's that guy for a majority of the season, the Cubs are in a much better place than you would think. And we'll see what I think Stroman's going to go on Sunday now. So we'll see what, what he is too. But that would be a, a great thing if we have that version of Kyle Hendricks for this Cubs season. It's a lot of fun. You heard the Ian Happ. Great game for Ian Happ with three hits. Drove into a couple doubles. After the game, David Ross was talking about his four-hitter yesterday, Ian Happ. Yeah, well, I mean, credit to him, right? I mean, he put in the work. He he did everything asked of him and, and the medical staff, bringing him along nicely. He had a ton of throws from left. It seemed like a bunch of balls in the gap down the line. Um, you know, you saw the infielders going out a little bit further for him. But, um uh, you, you saw his at bats really click in a couple of days ago with the the left center homer at at home in Sloan, and um, he carried that into today. Really looks good, commanding the zone, looks balanced, um, able to get his his a swing off a lot, and you saw that today. Really big hits, obviously. Big hits for the Cubs and put them in a really good position. So, Ian Happ with a, a nice start. And as we pointed out during transition, if you've seen him since the second half of the season last year, he's been a much more effective 
offensive player. Here's hoping that all of his injury stuff is behind him and he can be this player from now on. I was on our sister station up in Wisconsin talking with Sparky and he wanted to ask me about the Cubs and wanted to talk about the Cubs and the Brewers. And one of the questions that he asked me was about David Ross. And what do I think of, of Rossi as a manager? I think I really like Rossi. And, you know, Rossi is, is on this show, and hopefully he'll be on this show this season. That would be, I think, good. We're going to find out a lot more about him this season because now the roster isn't littered with guys he played with. There's still a few that are here, but it's not all of the guys that he was in the clubhouse with when this team was winning. The team is constantly being reshaped. And now he has an opportunity to bring some of these guys like Nico Horner and and Nick Madrigal along. This is what he said about now being in a position to communicate with younger players. Yeah, I mean, it's just about communicating to those guys and make sure I'm getting ahead of that. Um, I think it's important. Um, You know, the other thing that I try not to do, one of my things is like if you go deep the day before you're not sitting the next day um so I told him that you know like hey you hit a homer today and I'm gonna go against everything in my gut but you know it makes the most sense long term uh I talked to him about you know I used to get pinch hit for it even though I knew I was probably an out it still sucks to get pinch hit for it's the same 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 concept so just communicating those guys let them know I'm can relate to how they feel and that uh, here's my thinking and um they have a problem they're, they're we're free to address it and um you know I have, I have a lot of decisions like that to make throughout a season and so the more i try to let them into my thought process i think just I, I always like transparency and i try to be that way nico horner did hit a home run yesterday and it was at, at a great time for the cubs inside of the game rossi talked about not just that but nico horner's defense yesterday being important he looks great. I mean, the guys are workers. There's one thing you don't ever have to worry about is Nico putting in the work. Um, did a lot of work working at short this offseason. Um, showed, got some good reps in spring training. Um, you know, everybody's talked about the arm string. I think we just haven't seen it, right? He's had it. He just hadn't had to show it off. I, I, it hasn't stood out to me, but I know a lot of people have made comments about how good his arm looks. I think just you guys seeing that uh, on a regular basis probably um, more more so than than – than uh, or less than I've seen it. And also just throwing across the diamond like that on a consistent basis and get working there is just going to strengthen your arm. And you know that the Horner has done a lot of work too on his body. Like he wanted to get stronger and be more of an offensive force. It's good to see that it's paying off on the defensive side too. Yesterday while I was watching the game, there was a conversation on the television broadcast that I thought was really interesting. And it allowed me to dig a little deeper on a subject that you are going to be made aware of more and more as the season goes on. It's about Pitchcom. I will share those thoughts with you next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station. You got a chance to use the Pitchcom tech, uh, tech or work it out or oh, yeah. see any kind of comfort level? With oh, it? yeah, I like it. It's nice. What do you like about it so much? It gives the hitters zero chance of knowing what's coming. 
to work kind of smoothly in games as far as like you picking up what's being said yes definitely very very uh very smoothly and i hope it's something that i i can use in the season that was dylan cease talking with it sounded like james fegan about pitchcom and you're going to be hearing a lot more about pitchcom while you enjoy watching baseball i had a great time watching baseball last night Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, seeing my guy Joe Madden, watching Joey Votto give ESPN an entire inning of content was amazing. During the Cubs game yesterday, there was a discussion. Boog and JD were actually talking about Pitchcom. And let me explain it. Before we go to the cut, let me explain what Pitchcom is. You're going to see catchers, they're going to have a device on their hand. It has nine buttons on it, and the nine buttons will allow them to to tell pitch and location. It is in multiple languages. So whether your pitcher is from the Dominican or he's from Japan or he's from Biloxi, he will understand the pitch that he's supposed to throw. It is audible to the pitcher, and it's inside their cap. They have a receiver. There are three other players. You, you're allowed to have as many as up to three players on your defense that also have this in their cap so that they know what pitch is, is going because you want to understand where you can be. I would imagine it's pitcher, center fielder, shortstop, second baseman because usually you're doing the open mouth, closed mouth thing. Anyway, depending on what, where what pitch and where a pitch is, is going to be Boog and JD on Marquee Network yesterday had a conversation about this as it pertains to the Cubs. So Pitchcom is something that a few days back baseball approved for use during the regular season. Here's Narvaez. He's wearing it on the other side of the card on his wrist and now shielding it. He sends the signal to the pitcher. There's a receptor in his hat that says slider. And then other position players besides the catcher and the pitcher three other fielders Wong obviously is one of them wearing it in their hat so that they know what the pitch is going to be for the most part I'm told that it's been shortstop second base and then either third baseman or center fielder but you can see Narvaez wearing it and it looks like the Brewers are going to be one of the teams told you know in the neighborhood a little more than half the teams are going to wear it a a good amount, and a couple of teams are going to look to wear it a lot. Yeah, and I think over time, more and more teams are going to adopt it. Once they see how it works with other clubs, uh, it's going to pace of play and just rhythm as a pitcher-catcher combination, not having to go through the whole sequence of signs. Everybody's on heightened alert because of potential for sign stealing. Yes, the pace of play aspect is big. The, The idea is that you don't have to go through the sequence of stuff that you're shaving seconds here and there, and that eventually that is going to lead to a faster, crisper game. From last I saw, there are 22 teams in Major League Baseball that are doing this, at least regularly. And and I agree with JD. I think that if the reports from other Major League teams are, if it gets around, yeah, you know, this thing has gone pretty smoothly. We haven't had any problems with it then other teams will adopt it. Anytime you come up with anything technological, there's the opportunity for it to get hacked. And obviously, baseball seems to be a game that's all about finding the cheating. 
But for now, they tried it in A ball last year and in spring training this season. The inning ended before Boog and JD could toss to Taylor McGregor. So when they came back in the top of the fourth, Taylor McGregor tipped it in with saying what the Cubs think of Pitchcom. Last half inning, we were talking about the Brewers' use of Pitchcom. The Cubs, at least initially, will not be one of the teams using the device right now. They tested out during spring training, but Wilson Contreras, Jan Gomes, not feeling super comfortable with it. David Ross saying he saw some guys get crossed up using it. So initially, it is not something that they will implement, but he said over time, as they use it more in practice, eventually it is something that they would like to get you guys we shall see and that's courtesy of marquee 815 texas what's to prevent the other team from getting some kind of sonar device that picks up the sound the rules i the same things that are in place to keep them from figuring out signs nothing but it's it's weird how we abhor cheating in every other sport than this one like it's baked into the culture. Like you have to get tech to make it so that people don't cheat or make it hard, more difficult for people to cheat in this game. Great stuff from the, the Cubs broadcast crew on Marquee. And you're going to hear more about this on broadcasts all over Major League Baseball. Like while you're sampling stuff this week, because extra innings is free usually the first week of the season. Shout out to Sierra. I watched. Quick pitch this morning. She did a great job. And she'll be there for you every night on MLB Network. We're going to take a break. When we come back, man, yesterday's show was very much all Cubs because we were at Wrigley Field. It didn't give me a chance to talk about the Bulls and what happened to them on Wednesday. Fam, we need to discuss that. Cody Westland is going to discuss it with me next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.